Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Greetings and salutations, Talking Terror fans. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the show. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode where we're going to be discussing my film pick of the week, 1988's Heathers, directed by Michael Lehman. But before all that, as always, I'd like to introduce the bold and the beautiful, the ghoul geek, Keith. I love my dead gay son. Hello, hello, everybody. What is going on tonight? (laughs) And I love the word Eskimo. Perfect word, perfect sentence, perfect way to do it. Eskimo. (laughs) We're also joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey himself, the prince of my Moore's day. Yes, get funky with it, monkey. Yes, this is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we bring you the best goddamn horror podcast there is in all the land. So just li- listen here, listen live, listen at home, let's just listen fucking often. Yes, as I am one part of the Talking Terror crew, as is the Demonic Dean. What's up, Demonic Dean? Good evening, everybody. We're all here. I decided to just to discuss the legendary horror movie Heather's from 1988. Uh, we're, we're very the classic excited. horror movie. Very, very, very Heathers. exciting. Yes. Very exciting. The iconic. Yes, it's a very iconic horror film that we're going to be talking about later on in the show, <laughs> which I'm excited to discuss. Um, okay, guys, uh, do you have anything you guys want to talk about before mm-hmm. I hand it over to the dean for some horror news? Oh, just real quick, want to sit there and say. We have some NECA news. Yeah! I know everyone's excited about this shit. Um, because the King I of, am. NECA, but, um, because uh, King of Horror put up on the t- Talking Terror page that... <laughs> yeah, but NECA. We're going to call it that. I, I don't like NECA because it's too much like candy. So we're going to skip that and stick with NECA. But the King of Horror put on the Talking Terror page... That not just one release, but two releases are coming out this week or soonish. And I know that the King is very excited about this because they are coming out with a special edition Gremlin stripe figure for the summer. Yeah, it's going to be Summer Camp Gremlin. Comes with a torch, snorkeling mask, some flippers, some swimming trunks. I don't know why he's coming with all these water accessories because he's not supposed to be going in the water. But hey, fuck it. The figure looks fucking tight. <laughs> it's a repurposed figure, and it's for the summer games, the Olympics. So the irony is that he goes in the water. <laughs> so, I dig it. I, I like the repurposing of the ultimate stripe figure, how they managed to find something to do with it. <laughs> Um, also, NECA is going to be releasing a uh, special edition Predator or um, see-through invisible Predator for Predator 2. It's supposed to have like 50 points of articulation, I believe is what the King put on the Talking Terror page. Uh, it's 30. got some nice uh, – oh, 30 points. Okay. Uh, some nice accents on there, and it looks really tight. 
But, yes, that's all I wanted to mention on horror news is these new NEC 8 releases coming up. Yeah. They should be available later this month. <laughs> July 23rd at a Walmart near you, just like the Ultimate uh, Stripe Summer Games. That'll be available, uh, I think, the same day. I think July 23rd. I think they're both going to be available on Walmart and also uh, com. So you can check that out. Sweet. All right, Dean. Uh, if no one else has anything else, uh, Dean, the flow is yours. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for offering me the floor. Uh, I, I appreciate the, the words, and uh, there are things to talk about. Uh, most notably, well, I don't know if I would even call this most notably. I'm just going to call it the first thing I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, it's the year 2020. <laughs> and it is? No shit. It is. Given... <laughs> That the the state of <laughs> theaters uh, are in a in a state of which uh, we have not seen certainly in our lifetimes, but here in the year 2020, uh, the movie Ghostbusters, the very first original film Ghostbusters, is number one at the box office right now in the year 2020. Uh, Hell yeah, it is. Just thought it to be a piece of interesting news. Uh, it's been uh, screening at drive-ins across the country, and while it's only pulled in around $600,000, that's still $600,000 that the studio didn't have a a few weeks ago, and uh, Ghostbusters (laughs) is the top earner in the year 2020. Yeah, I love that. I'm digging that. Especially because the Afterlife was supposed to come out next week. So it's kind of cool to see the original OG Ghostbusters raking in some cash Mm -hmm. during the COVID uh, crisis. I know I had talked about it being, uh, you know, having its comeback last week and talked about uh, whether or not uh, other studios might follow suit with some of their older properties. And in a similar boat, uh, coming back to the movie theaters, uh, you're going to see a run of the original Phil and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, nice. You know, to kind of get ahead of Phil and Ted's mm-hmm. face to music. Uh, this is going to be a newly restored... Uh, 4K <laughs> version of Bill and Ted that's going to hit the theaters. I saw the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in the theaters, and uh, you know if you didn't get a chance to see it and you would like that opportunity, the short the the the, the chance will be yours. Uh, this is also on the news that Bill and Why, Ted thank you for all the music. Uh, you're, you're welcome. It's my like, pleasure to like bring the... such such entertainment uh, to the Talking Terror staff and audience. Now. Like uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music <laughs> is going to be the first film in the series uh, that is rated PG-13. Both Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey are rated PG. Uh, obviously, I would imagine that if any of those two were released as is today, they'd probably be rated PG-13, uh, as I feel restrictions and ratings and what can go where uh, were much looser uh, back in the time of those films. But uh, Phil and Ted's face the music will be rated PG-13. Okay, what's, who's rubbing? Who's rubbing their fucking microphone? What the hell is going on? No. Don't know. Hold on. But somebody said no. And it sounded like a woman. So, uh, so, so I, think the king, I think the king is trying to rub his balls up against a woman and she's not liking it. Is she watching TV? Are you watching TV? No, my TV's off. I always turn it off for the show. I hear someone's TV monkey. I'm sitting in my studio, and the only sound is the air conditioner and your luxurious voice. 
<laughs> my very, very, very luxurious voice. That must leave. That must leave the ghoul. Ghoul, are you watching the TV? Listen, man, you know what? You know I love to cause trouble and all that shit, but nah, man. I'm good. My TV stays off. And I'm not watching he, he's TV not. He, he's not watching Paradise Island again or anything like that. Oh, no, Temptation Island. That's the one. What are you, the fucking dean or the warden, man? I mean, what the hell? They're kind of both the same, right? I mean, they're both kind of the same, right? I guess, yeah. I guess Dean Warden, the demonic warden. Train to Busan sequel, Peninsula, is set to hit theaters in August. Uh, August 7th, whether that still uh, is going to be the case come August, uh, we shall see. But on the heels of that news, uh, it was announced that the Train to Busan sequel, Peninsula, has signed an exclusive streaming deal with Shudder. Uh, and that will hit the Shutter streaming service early 2021. Uh, so mm. Shutter oh, continuing really? to to up their game and uh, trying to acquire new properties and original content and so on and so forth. Still, still a bargain. I paid 4.99. Uh, you know, uh, I was able to get it for like a dollar less than it. You know, through Amazon. So uh, you no, know, it's I feel cool. like it's a great deal. So, do you know if Peninsula is going straight to Shutter, like as a digital release, or are they trying to? Do theatrical. He just said, "Can somebody tell the monkey? Can somebody tell the monkey what the first part of my announcement was, please?" <laughs> he said, "In August, so it's going to be theatrically, uh, and next okay. year it'll be on Shutter." Okay, thank I'm you. So glad that you're paying. I'm so glad you're hanging on every every word of mine, Mr. Monkey. What? He tries. <laughs> <laughs> we all love twelve hours. Hour thing. I just got off a 12 hour shift. I'm sorry. I'm a little I'm a little punchy. <laughs> what was that? You got the you, got the, you got the COVID? <laughs> it's it's the I'm down with the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves Stranger Things and uh apparently season 4 is getting ready to resume shooting soon. Uh no date was given, but the uh, the Georgia Film Authority has been working on all of their uh, best practices and guidelines to get their, uh, you know, I guess there's like thousands of productions that are happening in Georgia because they have some kind of uh, deal to entice, you know, shows and films to film in, in Georgia. Uh, but everything's Dude, been on hold. Dude, it's a new Hollywood, man. That, yeah, they're <laughs> trying to get that up and running. And, uh, you know, Stranger Things uh, has said that they're looking like they're going to be able to resume uh, shooting soon. Uh, what will happen with that once everyone is together remains to be seen because it seems anywhere uh, there is, you know, groups of people getting back together to go back to work, uh, you know, people are coming down with the coronavirus. And it look no further than uh, professional sports where baseball and basketball and hockey are trying to get training camps together right now and uh, every day there's more announcements of players that either have the coronavirus or players that are opting to sit out of these, you know, convoluted, shortened tournaments and seasons that the leagues are trying to get going. So it'll be curious to see if that same pattern holds true when uh, productions start to get going once again as well. Yeah, because at the end of the season, isn't NHL like trying to do like a straight to the playoffs kind of thing? No, or it's the, not even at the end of the season. It's it's a it's a straight to a it's a tournament. It's a uh, there is no more regular season. 
20, I think 24 teams uh, will be taking part, but like a certain amount of those teams have to compete in like a buy-in round, and it's just going to be a straight-up oh. tournament. Like there's there's not any oh, more okay. season. So think about yeah. like the WrestleMania anyway. four tournament in which like Hogan and Andre got skipped up. That's kind of what they did. They they <laughs> skipped up certain teams that were like I guess the top teams at the time. I would guess. Being yeah, there's mm-hmm. gonna be like a there's gonna be like a qualifying round for like mm-hmm. you know they they you know usually in as far as hockey's concerned, 16 teams make the playoffs. Uh, but what they're gonna do is start this thing with 24 teams, mm-hmm. and there's going to be like a qualifying round for the lesser record teams and the teams, you know, teams that were in first place and had already secured their playoff spots will not have to take part in that. Okay, okay. Peninsula's coming out theatrically in August, right? <laughs> yeah. I believe so. Fuck you, cool. I'm not sure. <laughs> Just let the dean know August that I'm listening and paying attention. I'm fully 100 <laughs> hanging on Thank everything you. We're gonna have a say. we're gonna have a quiz. We're gonna have a quiz at the end of the episode. Uh, so. Oh um, man. Lionsgate, <laughs> Studio Lionsgate. Wow. Uh, wow. You know, several years ago had revived. <laughs> Uh, one of my old favorite brands, which was Vestron Video. And uh, they did a series of special Blu-rays under the Vestron uh, banner, including uh, Return of the Living Dead 3, um, Chopping Mall, The Gate, Wishmaster, Class of 1999, and others. Uh, And the last release uh, from that series was Maximum Overdrive, uh, which was back in 2018, but Lionsgate just announced Scared that they the are restarting the Vestron. Yeah, uh, they're <laughs> restarting the Vestron <laughs> video series, and they're going to have two releases thus far on special Blu-rays that include uh, Little Monsters as well as David Cronenberg's Shivers. So if you would like to own Blu-rays uh, with the Vestron video labeling of either Little Monsters or Shivers, uh, you will get your chance in September. Uh, I will not be purchasing those. I'll just stick with my beloved Vestron Video T-shirt. <laughs> I already have them both on pre-order, so I'm very excited to get those. Look at this guy! Look at this little guy. monsters still and shivers. Holy shit! Yeah, still buying. Yeah, well, I'm just just saying, like, still buying, still buying the media. Oh yeah. No, I got a I got a decent library going, so I want to keep it going. Keep no, it going. I, know, I know you do. I know you do. I'm just saying, like, like Vestron's a good company do. too. No, I love <laughs> I love Vestron Video, man. They were one of my favorites, Vestron. So, uh, I have a like I said, I have my Vestron Video T-shirt that I love very very much. Uh, <laughs> what else do we have going on here? We have uh, amongst many films we'll talk about tonight that release date keeps banging all over the place. Uh, The Conjuring 3, uh, which was supposed to come out in September, uh, September 11th to be precise, has now been moved to next year, 2021. Uh, Warner Brothers has not given a confirmed date for 2021, but if you were looking forward to The Conjuring 3 in September, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Um, (laughs) Hey, some people are. I'm just saying. I'm just reporting what I'm reading. I'm not not, not putting my own personal opinions on this. I'm just delivering the information to the best of my ability. And because that's what you're supposed to do with the news. You're not supposed to put a spin on it. You're just supposed to do the news. I apologize, Dean, as you were. Yes, it's a no-spin zone here. Conjuring 3. Man, so let him do his job properly. Now, me, yeah. I am a fan of the Conjuring series, and, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer that the fucking, you know, yeah. that we've got a delay. But there's I was a lot just of other say, movies out there uh, that were 
you know, I've been looking more forward to that are getting moved. Now, you please, on the, on, the, on, the, on the back of the lovely compliment from the ghoul, I just want to say, uh, you know, does anybody give a shit about The Conjuring 3? And apparently the ghoul does. <laughs> uh, He's a fan. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Wow. <laughs> Zach Galligan is... <laughs> Here comes Zach the Galligan is taking... Zach Galligan has taken time from his very, very, very busy schedule these days uh, to talk about the upcoming uh, HBO Max animated uh, Gremlin series uh, that is coming up. And Zach Galligan believes uh, in his heart that the Gremlins uh, animated HBO Max upcoming series is going to be uh, the setup and springboard uh, for a feature film, Gremlins 3. Uh, well, he so, is that the tales? Of, is that the tales of the Mogwai series that you're talking about? That is the tales of the Mogwai series that I am talking about. This okay. is not the Tremor series, uh, you know, where they have you know multiple different series or the Critters thing where there's multiple different series. Uh, this is just Gremlins, the Mogwai uh, that's going to be on HBO Max, which I still don't even know what that is, but. Anyway, if you're a fan of Gremlins, keep your eyes peeled. If you're a fan of animation, keep your eyes peeled. You don't know what what is? HBO Max. Yeah, it's a streaming service that HBO has. They replaced it's, HBO it's, uh, Go or Now. I okay, have it. So, wait, so I just want to be clear. There's, so there's no more HBO Go and there's no more HBO Now. Now it's just HBO Max? Uh, now is gone, I believe. Go is still available because that's like the mobile app that you can put on your phone. I think they're replaced now with uh, HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. Ah. Okay. But I have it. It's fun. Uh-huh. they got a lot of good programming on there, a lot of good movies, a lot of good shows. When yeah, well, is they, you know, HBO, you... going to be now? Wh- who? This is then this is now. <laughs> Where? Who? <laughs> <laughs> What? So, yeah, stay tuned for that. <laughs> Can't wait for that animated series. Long time coming. <laughs> yeah. It looked like the the the, the long gestating, gestating uh, universal, uh, the monster universe was going to be dead in the water, uh, given the absolute uh, undeniable failures of both uh, Dracula Unfold and the mummy. But all of a sudden... Uh, lightning struck with the success of the Invisible Man, and it was announced that Lee Wano is now going to direct Ryan Gosling in The Wolfman, and that also uh, comes with the news that there's going to be a, a new Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, like The Invisible Man, The Wolfman is going to be modern day, as well as uh, the Bride of Frankenstein is also going to take place in the modern day. There's no word if this is like truly the launch of the, the Universal Monster universe, uh, but it seems to be kind of maybe trending in that direction since, you know, everyone is trying to build some kind of, you know, like a long-standing uh, franchise collective that they can continue to pump uh, for a while. So, um, you know, I haven't seen The Invisible Man yet, like a uh, but, you know, if you um, like that stuff, you can check out The Wolfman soon with Ryan Gosling. I know people seem to be huge fans of Ryan Gosling. I kind of don't get it, um, but that's just me. Uh, and there also is going to be The Pride of Frankenstein. So there you go. Universal Monsters are making their way 
uh, back to the big screen at some point. Uh, you know, we just don't know when because there's a giant global pandemic that's raging across the country uh, with numbers increasing and people dying every day. So there you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I can tell you what it is about Ryan Gosling that makes people actually like him. Um, as, as a I don't guy, even blame. He, well, as a guy, he's non-threatening. You know, like I look at him as a guy, and I'm like, wow, you know, there looks like just he kind of looks Very like true. a regular dude. Look at all these movies that he's in. Um, his acting is sometimes it's good, sometimes it's wooden. You know, it, it, it is what it is. But his his delivery and his presence is never a threat. On the female end, he's easy on the eyes. He's good looking without being some super fucking handsome fellow. Um, Can you just repeat that? You said you you appreciated his wooden presence. Is that what you said? I I love his. His hard wooden chest. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, wasn't he he's a magic Mike? Sure. <laughs> uh, was he a magic Mike? I don't know. That's, that's no, more I, of the deal. I don't know. I, <laughs> I never saw the movie. <laughs> but I can tell you he was great in Blade Runner 2049. So, but that that is what I think it is with Brian Gosling. Because I wondered that for a while, too. There was, you know, I, I could not figure out what it is about him that kept landing him work. And then it just kind of dawned on me that that's, that, that seems to, to be his little niche. You said you were looking forward to his wooden presence in Blade Runner 69. Is that what you said? That <laughs> is the porn parody version, okay, man? And that's Tommy Pistol in there, not Ryan Gosling. <laughs> just kidding. I, I don't know. Who's a great actor, too. Sorry. Tommy, one of the Tommy good ones. Pistol's a lot of fun, man. He's a good dude. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I, mean, I like Brian Gosling and the good guys. That's, I mean, the nice guys rather with uh, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe. You know, very fun movie. You know, he he was perfect in that one. I know he gets a lot of credit for The Notebook. You know, I mean, musically he's a great musician because he had a band called Dead Man's Bones that was around for a little while. So if you ever get a chance to check that out, it's actually pretty fun. It's kind of dark, you know, and it's definitely in the horror realm. That band, um, but. I look forward to seeing him take on the Wolfman. I mean, still, I like the Benicio Del Toro version until the end. I mean, until the very end when you get all the CGI werewolves with Anthony Hopkins and Benicio Del Toro. That kind of (laughs) ruined it. But otherwise, it was fun. And and The Bride of Frankenstein, I'm looking forward to most of all because that original version back in the 30s, she's kind of a throwaway character. You know, it's mainly about Frankenstein's creature and the doctor. She's just in the end, and she gets destroyed pretty quick. So... I'd like to see a more fleshed-out version of The Bride. Well, I, I guess to thank you for spoiling that for me, because that's one of those classics that I never got around to seeing yet. And I figured one You're day I would see much. that for the first time. Calling it. You sound like me. Terror, man. But now you ruined it. Well, <laughs> now I may never No worries, man. We'll, we'll cover it on the show soon. Don't worry about it. If you see the clips yeah. online, you've seen it. <laughs> The classic Elsa Lanchester with the big hair. That's it. <laughs> the final ten minutes of the movie. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I like. All right, I'm disagreeing with that. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that when we cover it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll have a discussion. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Moving on, Dean. What's the next? So, I don't yeah. want to continue to make everyone sad uh, but those of you oh, that are big should. fans of the Purge series, uh, it's been announced that Forever Purge uh, is also moving to next summer sometime in 2021 
uh, when that was supposed to be coming out sometime in the near future. So if you've been looking forward uh, to the Forever Purge and have been a fan of the Purge series and wanting to see what's going to happen on the next one, you're also going to have to wait even longer. And um, you said the and you said the series the TV series is done right, like that yeah yeah like that 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 got canceled after season three right, two uh whatever whatever there was is the end I don't know how many seasons um I don't remember from when I had talked about that but whatever (laughs) happened uh that was going to be the end that it it was uh, shutting down oh fine it ran its course it was good first two seasons. I couldn't see if you want to watch it anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's over now anyway. You don't have to. And now... That's the good thing about it. Uh, to, to really <laughs> make the king sad... Uh, sorry, king. Uh, Candyman. Oh, Candyman has good. been pushed back. Uh, Candyman oh, was right, supposed dude. to come out on September, September 25th. It was supposed to be the rebirth of Candyman, but uh, that has now been pushed to... October 16th of this year, whether that stays uh, remains to be seen, uh, but which, uh, you know, leads us to uh, what I want to talk about next is that Candyman is taking October. Why? You can't wait for Candyman. You're like the one guy that's out there begging for this shit. Yeah, but (laughs) they moved it back to the perfect day, October 16th, next to Halloween. Perfect chance to release that movie. Uh, it takes over a good spot, <laughs> which I think you're going to get to. Yes, well, but it definitely takes over a good had, spot. They had taken, they had pushed it to October 16, uh, which is where Halloween Kills was supposed to be. Uh, but now uh, Halloween Kills has been pushed forward a whole entire year uh, to October 15th of 2021. Uh, and Halloween ends pushed back another year to October 14th of 2022. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, you know, last we talked about Halloween Kills. Uh, they were, you know, green. They were talking about, you know, at this point, just hoping to get it out by the end of the year. And in just a week's time, that whole strategy has completely changed. And uh, we're not going to be seeing Halloween Kills yeah. until next year in October. Uh, yeah. But uh, that is seeing the whole movie. Uh, I hope you guys. Uh, were aware, but they also put the first little teaser uh, for Halloween Kills out today. And based on the little bit of teaser that they put out today, uh, similar to the original Halloween and its sequel, it's looking like Halloween Kills is picking up from the moment where Halloween 2018 uh, left us off. Uh, did you guys get a chance to see this teaser today, this little Halloween teaser? I did. Yeah, I put it on the fucking Facebook page. Yeah, and that's where I got a chance to see it. Thank you, King, for putting that up there. No problem. I mean, it's not a good teaser, but still, gets you in there. <laughs> I can't yeah, save this. And it's just, oh, yeah, it's just at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I'm feeling Laurie Strode's pain. It's like, you know, just let it fucking end. You know, but no, you know, they got to go and do their fucking job. <laughs> Yeah, they have to put out a I'm fire saying, though, doing their job. On that note, what you know, as they leave the house, like that house is a is a including in the basement was a fucking raging inferno. Uh, yeah. You know, like not even like uh, something you can question in any way. So I'm really, really curious uh, to see uh, how uh, Michael is going to 
get out of this one because uh, not only was the house in a raging inferno uh, when all of the family escaped, but as they were being driven away, uh, you know, they show the house completely engulfed in flames from floor to ceiling, outside, inside, and the fire trucks, yes, are screaming past in the other direction, and yes, Laurie Strode is screaming, let it burn, let it burn, but it's still going to take those fire trucks time to get there, get their shit set up, hose that shit down. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, like, how they're going to have Michael uh, get out of this, because I'm not going to necessarily buy if Michael found some kind of, like, exit out of there, because if you're going to oh, tell me that it. Lori spent all of that fucking time uh, assembling her fucking fortress <laughs> and planning to trap Michael down in the basement and didn't fucking... You know, make sure there was no way out. I just, I just don't know how it's, how it's going to be. You know, unless somehow oh, they're going to go the fucking Friday the Thirteenth Five route, and it's going to be like a, you know, not Michael Myers inside Michael Myers. Well, I can tell you, I can so tell we'll you see. what happened. I mean, what, and then she had all the panic room in there. I happen to, I happen to see one of those little panic room doors, so I went down in the panic room. So she had a panic room in a panic room. It didn't really work out right, so I hid in there until they put out the fire. That's pretty much what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what Fucking That's what's going to happen. Cool talking about over there. But anyway, uh, I mean, I'm exactly. excited, you know, uh, I, I will say, well, especially you know, when they were to their, oh, sorry, Dean, go ahead. I was just going to say, I will say that, you know, I've revisited Halloween 2018 right, probably you twice. You let the Dean talk. Yeah. I apologize. Sorry. Uh, no, no apology necessary. I have uh, revisited Halloween 2018 probably twice. Uh, you know, once from start to finish and, like, another time, like, some bits and pieces since I saw it in the theater. And, uh, you know, while I still enjoy it, like, like the enjoyment that I felt leaving the theater, you know, certainly did not hold to, re- to repeated viewings. I think it was just excitement nope. about seeing a Halloween movie on the big screen for the first time in a gajillion years. Uh, but I still like it, and I'm still looking forward to just seeing what happens. But on that note with the trailer and the Halloween Kills uh, news... Uh, John Carpenter, uh, who's still involved, has announced that he has completed his score uh, for Halloween Kills. Uh, He said that the the cut of the movie itself is done, uh, that in the next week or so that the the film is going to get mixed in the next week or so in New York, and that it's in the can. Uh, You know, he said that, you know, his work is done, he's excited, uh, you know, and while there's been a lot of talk about you know, that this is going to be brutal and violent. John Carpenter himself has called uh, this film that it's going to be a fun, intense, brutal slasher times 100. He said it's huge, like nothing I've ever seen when it comes to the kill count. So apparently a lot of fucking people are going to die in Halloween Kills. Apparently it's going to be this it's super violent fucking movie. So it's going to be big. Well, he didn't say anything. He didn't. No, no <laughs> one's saying that. Uh, you know, oh, how, no one's saying how, how, how scary it's going to be. Uh, but all the word has been how, how violent it is. And now John Carpenter is, is talking about a massive kill count. So it'll be very curious to see how many people get killed uh, when the time comes, uh, you know, to see this thing in the theater. You know, assuming that we none of us get to COVID and shuffle off the mortal coil. <laughs> I'm gonna start. The, I'm gonna start the fight now. Anyway, man, it doesn't matter because Jason 
Nobody can beat Jason. He blew up a fucking space station with over a million people on it. So they, they, can, they, can, yeah, they can try it all they want, man. He can talk about his kill count all he wants. But, yeah, like I said, kills is in the title of the fucking movie. So, you know what? It better be a really big fucking kill count. you got to go stupid slasher funny. Uh, and I don't mean, like, over-the-top comedy. I don't even mean Kevin Williamson-style comedy. I mean, just kind of, right. you know, don't take it too serious. The name of the movie is Halloween Kills. It's kind of like scary movie. You know, like Halloween Kills. It's killing it in the box office. It's killing you in your seats. It's going to kill you at home. Um, He's killing. (laughs) Obviously, they give you the next one, and he's ending. Like, they're kind of just fucking saying, like, people, listen, this is it. We're giving you these three films. We're done. Until it makes a lot of money. Then they're like, we're back, everybody. Halloween ends part two. <laughs> Halloween begins again for the last time. Halloween swear, Infinity Wars. <laughs> well, we'll see. We got you. We will uh, see. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I just kind of wish they'd release something more than just that little teaser. I mean, we have to wait a whole other year for the movie. I figure they would release something no, a little the, more. No, there'll be a trailer coming soon, I'm sure. Um, you know... Uh, they had talked about that last week when I when I was talking about uh, them getting this out by the end of the year. They said they are working on a trailer right now, and I would imagine with the you know look these the the the, the creators, writers, director, performers, um, you know they've been working hard on this thing, and I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a bummer all the way around that that you know getting to present their work to the world uh, is, has to be delayed for an entire year. I would hope that uh, you know that they are smart with the between now and then the content delivery to like give us stuff here and there to like keep it in our minds and and keep us wanting it. So yeah. I would imagine maybe like another teaser, then a trailer, and you know some stuff to like get us keep us keep it in our minds. You know, because like a, a year from now is a long time, and you know with the way shit's going right now, who knows what the hell's gonna be in a year? So uh, and uh, we'll see. Yeah. The fact that they also, in that joint letter from David Gordon Green and John Carpenter, uh, when they said they were pushing it back to 2021, I thought the most interesting thing is that they're trying to prep it for IMAX release, too. Not just traditional yeah, theaters, they said, but IMAX. They, that's pretty, they said that's pretty that, massive. That they're not trying, that, that it's going to be an IMAX release. That they're, they're, they're yeah, not trying I, to. They are doing it. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I would love to see how it will Hopefully it's safe. Like, I think uh, seeing IMAX would be pretty fucking cool. Um, I would have to yeah. go into San Francisco for that. Uh, they don't have IMAX up around where I'm at. I would have to go to the city, but I would probably go to San Francisco for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just to see a slasher film on IMAX. I think that could be a lot of fun. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing you know, when they do that. But, yeah, it's been pushed back. But, like, a lot of these movies are being pushed back, so it's, it's not a surprise. But today it was just like a whole bunch Everything's of being pushed back. All these titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, today was the day. was the death day for movies. You know, like, yeah, they're all they're all gone. I mean, who knows if movie theaters are going to be open next year? And they have, uh, where are you going to get the money to reopen these theaters? Yeah, and I and like we keep talking about is they just need to go digital. They need to stop trying to get the, you know wait for this theater money. And right now, especially when nothing's being released, and like the ghoul had said of just putting stuff out at a decent rental price. So you can actually get some money versus not getting any at all. 
and maybe just waiting until a year, maybe two, maybe three, by the time you can actually get the shit in theaters again. But see, the problem with that mm. is this. That's the studios. That's the studios that making money. That's the, you know, the suits and them making plenty of yeah. dough at that point. Think about how many jobs end up getting lost between all of the theaters that are run in the States. You know, if they end up putting these movies out digitally and they don't hold them off for these theaters when they can finally open up, you know, what's going to happen to those chains? Where, where, where are those companies going to go? Where are those workers going to go, you know? you got a lot of, a lot of factors involved with that. And it's, uh, I'm sure it's not an easy decision from any party, especially considering yeah. nobody knows when these places are really going to be able to reopen safely. You know, as we're seeing everywhere, fucking COVID just keeps popping up, popping up, popping up. You know, they're going to do this, they're going to try that. And we'll see. We're going to continue to see it. It ain't going away. No, yep. no, not anytime soon. You know, it's definitely here to stay. But it's just unfortunate that everything's taking And I know I saw, uh, like, AMC theaters, people were, like, trying to sue for it to be reopened and, and things like that. You know, people want to go see these movies, but it might not just be safe right now. You know, wait a little bit. <laughs> you know? There's no reason why you need to go to the theaters right now if you can just download it on uh, TV. Pay no, we're American. No, you're original on our rights. We have the right to sit there and get fast food and watch and eat stale popcorn and watch movies because that's what we want to do. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. God damn it. And, <laughs> and that's fine and dandy as long as you don't sue for it. You know what I mean? That's, that's where the problem ends up coming up because everything turns back into lawsuits. They open up theaters yeah. again. People go. People get sick. You know what? When's it going to happen where now a bunch of people connect? Hey, we all went to this theater. We all got sick at the same time. Well, now we're going to sue for that because, you know what, maybe if you guys did a better job of cleaning or, or keeping people apart, you know, we're not opening this or not letting us touch that, you know, we wouldn't have gotten sick. And these are the arguments that get made in court that fucking, you know, end up getting settled for millions upon millions of dollars. This is why a lot of these companies yeah. really have to be careful how they're opening. Now, I yeah. understand they're losing money right now, but they you don't want to get it kicked in the balls on the other end either. Dude, I'm not arguing that. I, I'm I'm with the king 100% of stay home, stay safe, and just give us some digital releases. <laughs> but stay I'm fine home, with that. stay safe. But that's the important thing. And people just aren't doing that in this day and age in America. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> America. You call me yeah. bad. You can't tell me to wear a mask. <laughs> Even Rocky had a montage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean. So what do you got next? I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Unsolved Mysteries reboot on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Has, mm-hmm. has anybody <laughs> had an opportunity to watch any of this? I watched all of them, all six. Monkey? I didn't. Sorry. No. I have not because what? the diva has been watching the hell out of the old episodes right now. <laughs> ah, mm. super fun. Yeah. Cool. Unsolved Mysteries, the new Netflix series. Have you watched it yet? No. I, you know what? I put out. No, sorry. You know, again, I, I didn't hear you. I was looking at something. Um, no, you know what? I put on the first episode, <laughs> and I was going to uh, go in, going to hopefully enjoy it. I, yeah, I fell asleep fairly quick to it and had no recollection whatsoever of what it was even about, so I didn't even bother going back. 
What about uh, you, Dean? I mean, when you put it on, when you well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question in a second. King sure. of horror, uh, Ghoul. When you put it on and fell asleep and had no recollection, did you like just for some context? Did you was this like in the afternoon? Was this at night when you were going to sleep? Like when when did you put it on and fall asleep? Did you dream of Robert Stack? <laughs> hey, you know what? It was it was a late night viewing. Um, you know, after the, after the day of work and everything too. So yeah, it's possible that I should probably give it another chance, but I just didn't. Like I said, whatever I was seeing, like the problem is this: what I was seeing, like I recall the feelings I was having of not enjoying it. Um, I just don't remember what the exact content was. All right then. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, unlike our our very own King of Horror. I did not watch all of the episodes. I watched the first episode of the Unsolved Mysteries reboot on Netflix. I watched did they tell the first you what episode of it end? today. I'm no. not. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's an old joke. Two good guys from a, won. From, a, from a, a, a very sweet, sweet girl. Um, so, uh, I watched M-O-O-M. the first episode and... <laughs> I feel that the and maybe if I didn't read these things before I watched it, I don't know how I would feel, but I felt that the concept of each episode being its own story, uh, I felt that the story that I watched in the first episode could have been 15 minutes shorter. Uh, I felt myself <clears throat> losing interest and not fully engaged until I was like, oh, that sounds interesting and had to like zip it back 15 seconds a couple of times uh, to make sure that I heard what I felt was the important piece of information. Um, I felt that the episode I watched, uh, however long the running time was, could have been 15 minutes shorter. Um, I thought the case was interesting. You know, like the case itself sounded like something that would have been on the old Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I, I, I'm questioning. I'm sure there's legalities of things that they're allowed to do as far as like the way the detectives approach the case and everything, because there's some things that to me that screamed uh, like how obvious maybe something was. Uh, but, you know, that unfortunately did not unfold as I would have liked. But uh, I thought the story was interesting. Um, I just thought that it was a little bit draggy. I'm going to watch more. Uh, you know, I'm going to continue to watch it. Um, just because Unsolved Mysteries, just in general, is something that I'm interested in. Uh, you know, so I, I read books like, you know, History is Great Unsolved Mysteries, you know. Uh, so I'll stick with it, but I hope that I become more engaged. But I do want to say uh, that uh, the producers of the Unsolved Mysteries reboot series have said that since they dropped the first season... Uh, it's been like their most watched show right now, but they have received at least 20 credible tips uh, that they have for their different stories that they have passed on to the FBI. They said they re- received three credible tips about a story involving the death of uh, someone Brooks. I didn't see that one yet. Uh, the first episode was Alfonso about Brooks. the death of someone. Yeah. yeah, the first episode that I watched today was about a, a death of someone named Ray Rivera. And then there's an episode mm-hmm. called The Disappearance of Lena Chapin. Uh, they have res- that, those three stories and others. Uh, they, you know, they have received actual credible tips that uh, they said they re- received lots and lots and lots of tips 
but they received some that they felt credible enough to pass to the FBI. So uh, I did see somewhere that they are not going to be tacking on updates to the cases on the ends of the episodes, but you will be able to find updates on their social media and on their website. So, uh, you know, if you want to find out more information, you can check out those places. But I thought that was pretty cool that right off the bat, you know, like the phones are ringing, uh, you know, the original episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, you know, lots of the stories, I think probably like 285 different cases were explored and, you know, several of them were solved due to viewers of it. So uh, maybe the same thing will happen here and we'll get an answer to some of these mysteries. It's possible, now, but you, I, you, you yeah, watched all six episodes. No, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I know you watched all six episodes, so what did you think of yeah. The Running? I didn't like it at all. I mean, I, I, the cases are interesting enough, you know, the murder cases. The presentation is just terrible because you get the, the, the cool Unsolved Mysteries theme at the beginning and you get the, the ghost image of Robert Stack over the Unsolved Mysteries title. That's fine, but the episodes are like 45 minutes at a clip. There's episode five, which is about the Great Barrington, Massachusetts UFO, was 36 minutes, and that case is fucking crazy for anybody that wants to check out that case because there's multiple abductions in one night back in 1969. But the host not being there is what ruins it because otherwise it just feels like a true crime doc. You're just watching six episodes that all have to do with uh, murders and one about a UFO. And Unsolved Mysteries was about everything. It was about disappearances. It was about murders. It was about aliens. It was about ghosts, lost loves, you know, orphans, uh, you know, everything in between. And you had Robert Stack kind of breaking up the story, so you kind of get a flow of it. And without that, you're just kind of watching a Cold Case Files episode. Like, there was nothing about it to me that said Unsolved Mysteries. And plus, yeah, like the, the dean had said, there are no updates at the end of every episode. It just goes, if you have any information, go to unsolved.com or call the local PD of that area. And, you know, maybe you could solve this. So I just, I was not impressed at all. I was like, it's just episode six, the Lena Chapin case I already knew about. And if you want to get mad, you know, about not having an update, that's the episode to watch. Because you want to have closure for that girl that disappeared back in 2006. And there's none. And it's, just, it's clear who did it. It's clear where she is. But there's just nothing. I just miss Robert Stack. Even Dennis Farina and Virginia Madsen. I missed having a host kind of breaking down some things that happened. Like, they don't do any of that. They just kind of have everybody that was involved in it talk about it for 45 minutes. But, yeah, you brought up a good point is the old stuff. It's like literally like last night I was watching with a diva, you know, and it was went from literally murder mystery, like you said, to fucking chupacabras, you know, just like that, mm-hmm. you, know. <laughs> no cl- you know. No clutch, no gear shift, no nothing, just grind, nope. and then straight into the chupacabras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and with the exception – you know, with the exception of very few of the original episodes, uh, you know, you would get three, four, sometimes five stories uh, for every yeah. episode. Uh, I know that they did. I, there was definitely uh, a, an original episode about Alcatraz that took the full episode. And uh, there yep. was a couple of more that were like single episodes or split between two. Um, but for the most part, you would get multiple uh, mysteries mm-hmm. per episode. Uh, I feel that you know, maybe four or five per episode now maybe isn't the best thing, but there's no reason that you could cut down the 51-minute running time for today, uh, what I watched today, and have two stories and each of them be 25 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah. Or maybe I mean, they well, maybe, it, maybe it should have been a quippy show instead, 
in just five minutes <laughs> segments. They could have done that. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't tell you my my ninety day trial. My 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 ninety day trial expired. So. Oh, uh, that's okay. You know. Well, good you, on them. You give it a try. They, yeah, and like I said, the fifty states of fright was delightful. Um, but yeah. uh, good on Quibi in that they was a you know constant reminders that your time was running out. Um, so if you didn't oh, really? read like, yeah, uh, I feel like it's very rare where a company's like, hey, you have three days left. Hey, you have one day left. Uh, right. Letting you know that if you don't fucking cancel, they're going to charge you. So um, I was able to cancel uh, without getting charged in, like in the last minute. I so have, I have never cool. in any kind of trial, in any kind of way, through any kind of product throughout the Internet, have I ever gotten any kind of message saying, hey, just so you know, your trial is ending, and we're going to be just giving you a recurring charge soon. Um, that would have been great for a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be. Especially get that kind of warning. So, well, good on Quibi for there doing that. There you have it, Quibi. Good on Quibi for yeah. doing that. Like, I thought for sure that it was it was cool that um, – they did that. So anyway, that's that's. I'm, uh, I'm fucking you know. thrilled when I get an email that tells me that they're gonna fucking charge me more for shit. You know, I'm like, oh hey, look, they care. They're at least giving me the fucking info and not just upping it. You know. <laughs> that's true <Yeah>. too. <laughs> All right. So what's next, Dean? Uh, that that's the list of stories that I have to talk about on this episode of Talking Terror. Okay. Okay. That's cool. You know, a lot of good things going on in the world of horror. Um, so does anybody else have anything they want to bring up uh, before we get into the movie for tonight? No, let's get into Heather. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, very well. Okay, so tonight it is my pick, and we're going to be talking about Heather's from 1988, directed by Michael Wayman. The plot is about a regular girl named Veronica who's trying to survive the social jungle of high school by sticking with the three most popular girls at school who are all named Heather. As she meets a sociopath named J.D., her life spirals into a continuous cycle of hate, unintentional murder, and indifference as she exacts revenge on her enemies, also known as her best friends. So this uh, movie is something I've wanted to talk about on the show for a while because it's horror adjacent. It's not a horror film per se, but it definitely has dark elements. It's more so of a dark comedy, but it does have uh, touches of horror throughout the story. Uh, and when I saw this back when I was in middle school, I felt like I related to it more than John Hughes movies. I felt like this is more of an accurate look at high school and middle school than what we were yep. getting in Shermer, Illinois. And that's why I appreciated it as much as I did, because the clicks seemed more appropriate. They seemed more realistic. And it just wasn't all the vanilla ice cream and rainbows that a lot of the John Hughes movies could be at times. So with that being said, uh, Ghoul, what do you think about Heathers? I mean, it's, you know, not to, to paraphrase myself, but... It's fucking Heathers, man. Um, for me, this movie has a very, you know, specific time, date. It's got people attached to it. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, I've got a, lo- <laughs> I got a lot of reasons for, for just loving this movie and the time and place that I was when I first saw it. Um, not because I thought it was any kind of realistic depiction of high school or anything like that, or further thing from that. I thought it was fucking just as comedic as anything I was seeing in other depictions of high school at the time. Uh, it's so quotable. I mean, it's just yeah, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. I mean, come on, like, I've said that so many fucking times throughout the course of my life. Um, all the time. <laughs> so. 
you know, like I said, it's, it's Heather's. So, you know, that, that's my feelings on it. All right. My uh, feelings Dean, on Heather's, Heather's is... My feelings on Heather's is that it's Heather's. Yeah, but... I'm just quoting the goal. I'm just quoting the goal. Uh, you're, so, qu- you're, quoting, yeah, Heather, you're quoting the goal, paraphrasing the goal. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Heather's is one of those strange 80s movies that, uh, you know, kind of really only could kind of have come from from that time. Uh, yeah. Similar, like when I think about these strange, like high school movies from the time, like that, you know, maybe don't go as like like straight as dark, straight away dark as Heather's goes, but like strange ones, like like three o'clock high, uh, you know, is, is yeah. one of these weird ass bizarre '80s high school movies. Um, it, I can't remember if it's '89 or '90, uh, also with Christian Slater, but like pump up the volume is another one mm-hmm. that's like this kind of bizarre high school movie uh, that kind mm-hmm. of could only come Talk from that, that era. Yeah. Um, happy Harry Hardon. Happy Harry Hardon, um, man. Uh, so, you know, I when I think of Heathers, like I, I think of it alongside of those movies for like these strange movies that were like a little off the beaten path of the mainstream. Uh, you know, Dreaming even though the that cube, they were... Man. Well, Gleaming the Cube Have is fun. different. Gleaming the Cube is different, man. That's I, I put yes, that up with like with like the rads of the world, you know. Like that's a yes, I yes, fucking love Gleaming married, the Cube. It um, married the two, though, man. You had like a little bit of rad, you had some like Twenty One Jump Street shit going in, you know, and it was showing like you know a high bunch of high school kids doing shit that they should not have been doing in any way. Yeah, but, but I yeah. agree. With, I agree with the dean though because you that falls in, in with rad and thrashing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, those movies, you, you know, had had varying levels of, you know, financial success, uh, even though they're all uh, very beloved. But when I think when I think of Heather's, which, uh, you know, when I when I sat down to watch it for the show, <clears throat> I haven't seen I haven't seen this movie. I mean, I remembered so very much of it down to certain quotes of dialogue, but I haven't seen it in, you know, t- 25 years. Easy. It's been a million years since I've seen this. Uh, and, you know, I remember liking it then, but similar to my feelings now, it's like, man, uh, even like, just like the opening, like the whole opening sequence. I'm like, this is, this is so uh, a movie like of its time where like Mm. movies like that got made, these like strange movies that were for like the teen set, uh, but were, I don't know, but were different. I don't even know how to have the vocabulary that I'm thinking of right now. Um, but I like Heather's was, very was, much, and I'm glad I got a chance to watch it for the for the show. Uh, so, yes, I like Heather's. I liked and I enjoyed very much watching it for the show. Because it's fucking Heather's. Yeah, and to, to sit there and piggyback on what the dean is saying is, and what the king is saying is, it was that this was a great teenage movie for those of us who love John Hughes movies, but have a little bit more angst in us, you know, and have some more anger in us. And while we are enjoying those tales of high school, we know what it's like. We wanted to sit there and be the one to pull the fucking gun out 
<laughs> shut the jocks the fuck up, you know, or at least I know the king and I did. And yeah, for me, it's like same thing. It's like, I specifically know where I was, oddly enough. I was like, I was in a house with a bunch of po- popular girls from high school and shit like that. And they were hanging out. And then, you know, I'm like, first time I'm watching this, you know, and I'm sitting there calling what JD's getting ready to do throughout the entire movie. And Okay, that's enough of the scraping sound. Okay, and, you know, and they just start looking at me more and more weird, and I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, get perfect your pipe cleaned out, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this this movie is great for those of us that did fall into those circles of popularity. While we still enjoyed watching high school movies, it was great for us to sit there and just watch it with that fun little bit of anger and dark humor that lies in all of us. King, yeah. what did you think of the Heathers, man? Well, I already told you what I thought when I, when I brought up the description. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I wanted to get into the movie a little bit. Um, but right away, yeah. in the movie, like the, the dean had said, when you get to the opening of K Sarah Sarah, and you see the Heathers, and they all have their individual colors. Like Heather Duke always wears green. Then you have Heather McNamara wears yellow. And, of course, the lead, Heather Chandler, wears red. You know, she's the head of this group. And they're playing croquet, and they're hitting Veronica Sawyer with the ball, you know, in this dream sequence that we have, yeah. showing it's you that they coward. don't really care about this character. It's also showing you the, everything you need to know about these characters' personality types. Okay, <laughs> yeah. McNamara mm-hmm. in her yellow is the coward. You know, Duke yep. in green, she's envious. She wants to move up. And, you know, Heather Chandler is... Heather Chandler, she is fucking the queen in red. You know, complete regality going on. Um, wow, nice the alpha. school. Yeah, the alpha, the queen. Yeah, great. And, <laughs> and especially as we go later on in the movie, when the color changes, uh, especially for Heather Duke, you know, when, when she takes over a little bit and gets a little bit of that power. Um, but you immediately get that sense that Veronica Sawyer, she's not a Heather. She used to be a geek. She used to hang out with Betty Finn, who's played by the fucking loveliest actress ever, Renee Estevez. Underrated. I just, I loved her back in the 80s. She did a ton of movies. I don't know where she is now. I know she's a part of that Sheen Estevez clan, but I just, I loved her in this movie as the nerdy Betty Finn. And I was glad to see her, you know, playing this part. But she used to be a geek. Now she's in there. Mm. But the thing, the thing is, is that I never really took it as the Heathers were that popular, you know, in this movie. Like, it didn't seem like anybody was really clamoring to be around them all the time. You know, they just had this kind of mental image of themselves as being the popular clique, the Heathers of this school. Okay, see, that's, that's the thing. You don't understand how these things actually operate. Um, <laughs> within your class, I'm just going to take your class itself, okay? You had their groups of people that orchestrated and pulled the strings for a lot of the dynamics that were going on within right. that entire social circle that was the school as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the movie's just kind of blowing them up, obviously, to the point that they're, you know, they're, they're completely entrenched and making it so, you know, whatever. But uh, we see this again in a movie called Clueless, you know, where... Uh, you know, where yeah. Alicia mm-hmm. Silverstone's character, you know, yeah. they're shaping everybody in the school. Uh-huh. You see this in all those high also, school movies. Also There's always mean, those, also those characters. Mean, uh, yeah, also in Mean mm-hmm. Girls was a total ripoff of Heathers. <laughs> yes. Confessions way, of a yeah. Teenage Drama Queen, again, similar, yeah. similar theme to that kind of stuff. 
Um, Veronica, yeah. though, here, the, the biggest difference, because what it is, too, is, again, you're seeing everything you need to see right from the very start. Veronica represents yeah. death. That's why she's in black. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so again, that's just, just, these are all color palette choices. Very different than the other teen movies of the time. Um, again, John Hughes was oh, yeah. the big thing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was... This almost feels at times like it's the younger siblings of the people that are their age in the film itself right now. Um, it's like their younger siblings looking at them, kind of making fun of them. Like, this is how you guys seem to think you are, but the reality is this is what you are. Yeah, and I think there was a yeah. better representation in this movie of the, the different social classes, um, especially when they do the poll and the cast. Um, because you get the rich kids, but you also have the group of nerds, then you have the stoners, and then you just have the people that are just kind of in between. Like, they don't belong to any particular clique. They're just there. And that's what I kind of appreciated about it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, look, there's the metal kids, and there's the punks, and there's the, you know, all this. No, it's like, you know, you get certain people, but they're better represented than what you would get in the John Hughes movie. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. John Hughes always centered on the rich and the poor. That that was his thing is because again he had the two sides of Chicago that were always clashing with each other. That was his thing about his movies, and this one is different. Where it, like you said, is trying to actually show all the clicks that are going on. All right, and then like it threw me off while I was doing research here. Found out like our our dear little Veronica, you know, apparently they were not dead set on writers to play this. Uh, found out like no, no. they originally wanted they they originally wanted Jennifer Connelly to play it, which I think would have been a massive fail, just because like yeah. I don't think she could have pulled it off. Then when they couldn't get her, they wanted to go with Justine Bateman mm-hmm. from from Family Ties. <clears throat> and then after uh, Winona Ryder read for it, um, they told her you know yeah you're reading it great, but we don't think you're pretty enough. And then she went and ran off to the mall, immediately got a, ma- a makeover done, and then immediately ran back into their office and was like, well, do you think I'm pretty enough now? And they're like, okay, you got it. <laughs> you know, the, the other two choices are interesting. Um, Connolly would have been coming off of Labyrinth. Um, so so that, yeah. that still puts her kind of in those those dark tones. Um, and, but she and, was also a yeah. bit too much. It's like, she, you know, she, she wasn't playing, like, while, like, I think she would have been way too pretty to be playing the role because if you had gotten Jennifer Connelly, she would have completely outshined the Heather. I don't know about that. This is, this is, no, this is, he's, he's not wrong. That's the thing. You do have <sighs> to, have to, you want Veronica to not be, more quote unquote what the regular attractive girl would be, which is what the three yeah. Heathers were. They you know, like if you I think any one of us here can think back to their grade and can immediately think of who the three hottest girls in the in the class were. Um Go you know, James. I could I could, I could easily <laughs> name all three, you know. Um, so it's it's one of those things where you need her to be, you know, obviously she can't be hideous, but you know, she also can't be like just super glam. So yeah, I can, I can see that being a problem with Connolly because she has had, had moments. And that, at that age, yeah, she's yeah. still... Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, well, 
well, that age, and then also her in Dark City. Oh my gosh, she was like just fucking bombshell in that man. So it's just mm-hmm. yeah, you know, she was just in my opinion too perfect in the looks to be able to I always think with Frank Whaley with fucking career opportunities, man. I saw that in oh, the movie yeah. theaters and you know, it's like, Oh my god. Um <laughs> I ever think of that you saw career movie opportunities in the movie theater? I saw career opportunities in the mm-hmm. movie theater, dude. Mm-hmm. The fucking the <laughs> free hole two dollar theater on Pond Road, but it was before it was two dollars. So it was when it was still a regular theater. That's that's, mm. that's when I saw that. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, but, you know the thing with Winona yeah. Ryder too, oh, though, is, is that she's like nat- like, uh-huh. and for this role in particular, she's like a natural dark person. Like she just seems to just, even yeah. though she's mm-hmm. very very light and gaunt <laughs> as a person, she just seems to draw black to her. And I think that's yeah. why when she's in roles like this and like in Beetlejuice and even Stranger Things, she she just she shines in it, you know, and it's just it's just it's so awesome. And like this is that time period for that for her, you know, like this this was a great time. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. And, and just, that man, coming up too soon. And, OK, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, monkey. Oh yeah, no! I was just there, and uh, yeah, no, I was just gonna say. So you know, we get back to what we say of in the movie, and we have the um, three Heather's and uh, Veronica going around doing lunchtime poll. But immediately we get to see how fucking evil they are in the school. It's like not only are they popular, they're fucking mean by sitting there they're flipping the note. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. but they sit there and get Veronica. To make a note that she doesn't want to make because she's actually got some good in her, you know, and they're going to give it to Martha Dump Truck. <laughs> yeah, poor Martha Dump Truck. You know, she just wants to sit and eat, and, you know, she gets that note that's supposedly from one of the jocks, Kurt Kelly, and, you know, they're like, oh, no, she'll use it as masturbation material. Like, it'll be fun. It'll be, you know, relax. It's not going to be that bad, but she doesn't think that Martha's actually going to approach Kurt Kelly in the calf. And be like, hey, I got your note. And then they fucking laugh at her and she walks out, you know, just humiliated. Which they had to no, knew that was going to happen. She absolutely knew that was going to happen. Yeah, there's, yes. there's no ifs, yeah. ands, or buts about that. That was well planned. That was, you know, that was one of those where she probably waited out as a percentage of what could mm-hmm. or couldn't happen. But this, she mm-hmm. knew that there was very well a good chance mm-hmm. that, that girl was going to go up to that guy and say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But here we have a little bit of foreshadowing because we're able to see immediately that Veronica has the skill to look at someone's handwriting and then immediately copy their own style. Yeah. Yeah, it's foreshadowing. But and, it's, and it's good that they do it early, you know, that she knows this. And she's also yeah. helpful because she can help Veronica Duke puke because she's bulimic. So she just has to sharpen <laughs> up that nail and help Heather Duke puke. Even though bulimia is so, so 87. It's, it's the forever purge. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was one of the things that's like with the Heather, one of the Heathers. I you know my favorite my favorite Heather in the movie was Shannon Doherty. I really oh, yeah. really like Shannon Doherty in this movie. But surprise surprise, once again she was difficult to work with because she was a fucking no kidding. on set. <laughs> but then the weird thing though is I like I was doing research That's and found me out and monkey she, and not everybody <laughs> not everybody in the talking terror crew you know believes those things about Shad and Dory. It's <laughs> perfect. Um, we believe but, some of us believe that she is a wonderful wonderful human being. 
But the weird thing is the re- the Very research nice. I did found out she she was such a bitch to work with on set because she didn't want to fucking curse. She did she nope. didn't want to do any of the cursing. She didn't want to do any of those lines, which is funny because later and later in the night she was on the contract. But later, I, no, what I'm saying is what I find so funny is later when she went to 90210, she was such a bitch to work with because she had a fucking mouth like a sailor and was fucking cussing everyone else. What you're talking about, I was reading a little bit about that earlier, and um, apparently uh, at the time of the filming of Heathers, and as far as uh, the language and dialogue in the script, apparently she had a like a very religious conservative upbringing, which led her to not want yeah. to say these words. But my, my question, I guess, for that is, you know, you sign on the line to but make this film, like, like you must know what the, what the script is like, Oh, surprise. Right. I have to uh, say these things like, just like any, you know, male or female performer that takes a role. And then is like, what do you mean? There's nudity. I don't want to be nude in this film. Like you, you, it was a contract. Like, you know, I'm yeah. sure there's been times when productions have, you know, I don't want to say baited and switched, but maybe weren't forthcoming about what was required or then asked for it. But like yeah, in these or, cases, or they where, lead somebody on with the right wording, you know, like, Oh yeah, no, we'll work on that. And when we're, we're doing the scene. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it when we're doing the scene. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No, and, yeah. And, I think, and yeah, don't things, worry things it. like so we'll that. Take care with, of it in the scene. Especially when it comes when it comes to nudity, but as far as language, you know, like uh, you you know what you're signing up for. You're not signing up to yeah. be in some movie and being completely blind to what your what job you're taking. Especially when you know you read the script. And it's not like Heather, but not like Heather do curse a lot. When you watch those movies, she doesn't really have any curse lines except for the one line where she says, "Why are you pulling on my dick?" You know, it's not like and she's dropping F-bombs throughout the entire film. The other thing you got to think, too, though, is that a lot of times deals get signed by the agents at this time, and you kind of are trusting that your agent has got the same exact, uh, you know, things about him as you, your belief mm-hmm. system. Um, and, and as we see... You know, in yeah. Hollywood and places mm. like that, it doesn't yeah. doesn't seem like it did all that well by the teenagers at that time frame. It was funny though that you say that though, because Winona Ryder's agent literally begged Winona Ryder on her hands and knees not to do this movie. She said, "Whatever you don't do this movie, it's gonna ruin your fucking career. <laughs> don't, please, please, don't do this movie." And Winona said, "No, yeah, I'm doing true. it anyway." <laughs> yeah, and it definitely didn't ruin her career in any way, shape, or form. Um, but in the, no. in the cap, after we get out of the bathroom, no, it didn't. Uh, I can int- see where an agent would think that it could. You know, when you you consider some of the things that that Veronica does throughout the film itself, yeah. and and her motivations mm. and whatnot, mm. um, she's you know easily complicit mm. in, in everything. Uh, so it's yeah. not like it's JD yeah. completely leading her the yeah. entire time. You know, she's yeah. just as guilty. Yeah. And and technically, the movie was a bomb. <laughs> I think yeah. the budget. Yeah, because I think the budget was like over three, and it made barely one million. Um, well, that's, you know, at the, at the top of this discussion, that's what I was saying, where, you know, this is one of those kind of off-the-beaten-path films that had, like, tremendous popularity once it hit, like, home video and cable, uh, 
but still like was a little bit off to the side of the popular mainstream fare. But you know, in hindsight, this one, this is one of those that's like more beloved now uh, than some of that more mainstream fare of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise. I mean, look at all the John Carpenter movies that came out back in the '80s, like The Thing and Big Trouble in Little yeah. China, that people fucking love now. But back when they came out, oh, yeah. they were like, "Fuck this movie, it sucks." <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. it's the passage of time. You know, it's getting a bigger yeah. audience to see them. John yeah. Waters movies are the exact same way. You know, give it some time, and, and people are going to appreciate it. Yeah, and on that same note, man, it's like all this week I was all excited, you know, and I know we've covered plenty of cult movies on this show, you know, and this one, yeah. you know, technically falls into that area. And I was all excited, and I'm sitting there talking to my coworkers who are the most, like, you know, really quote-unquote normal people. Like, you know, I have very few coworkers that are – of the weirdness of that we are, you know. And I was all excited, and I was talking about how we're going to cover Heather's, and only two of my coworkers had ever even heard of this movie. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How the fuck have you not heard of this movie? It's like, it has Christian Slater and Winona Ryder, and they're like, and I was like, you grew up in the 80s and 90s. How the fuck do you... It's like, you, you know, and I'm talking to all the ladies. I was like, I know you watched every damn Christian Slater movie you could. How the fuck have you not heard of this movie? And it just threw me off to come across so many people that have not heard of this movie, Heather. It's not mainstream. Again, I, it's not. I, it's, yeah, it's definitely not mainstream. I mean, listen, it obviously got enough notoriety that they made a television series for it. Um, and a musical. And a musical. And, um, and a musical. But, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's the cult following that it's, it's generated over the years. But like I was saying earlier, this is what I was alluding to. Sometimes a movie like this, it comes out, and I know like they'll go, quote-unquote, it's a cult film or whatever, um, but it's just that it might have been a generation early. Um, like I said, like the, the perception of the characters in this film is almost like you're looking at it through the eyes of the younger siblings. So the reason why the film hits off a couple years later when it gets to the video market, those younger siblings are now old enough to watch this movie and laugh at their mm-hmm. older siblings and say, this is that stupid shit you guys were doing. You know, you were all angsty. You thought everything was the fucking end of the world. You got PSAs here, fucking bullshit there. Everybody wants to be touchy-feely, fucking happy-dappy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's why yeah. I think it hit yeah. the way it did, like, Two, three years later. And again, yeah, yeah, exploded. yeah, you have a great point there, Ghoul, because like like uh, King was saying about, you know, this is following on the cusp of all the John Hughes movie and stuff like that. It came at the perfect time where it came, came along with us Gen X kids. And us Gen X kids mm-hmm. fucking jumped on that like a motherfucker. We were like, yeah, that's our shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm this character. Yeah, I'm that character. Yeah, I'm this character. You know, like that's the thing. They they all gave you those character stereotypes, those people that everybody can put themselves inside of. This was an ugly, twisted version of that. That you know, when watching it, nobody of that era is going to want to sit there and be like, "Well, yeah, I'm Heather Chandler. Well, this one, I'm Veronica. You know, I'm this jock guy." It's almost like um, it's almost like watching Revenge of the Nerds and saying you wanted to be one of the Alpha Betas. You know, it just it doesn't work. You know, the <laughs> idea is that you want to be the nerd, <laughs> and unless you want to be in the cast, yeah, yeah, oh, there sorry, you go, nerd. But when you get introduced to Jason Dean and you have Christian Slater fucking vamping every fucking moment in that scene Jimmy. with his fucking eyebrows 
and he's raising his eyebrows up and down and looking at everything that's going on while the kid's sleeping next to him. I was like, he's chewing up the fucking scenery whenever they show him. And then when they finally get the introduction between Veronica and JD, when she asks him the poll question, he's like, you know, uh, I think I just, uh, you know, go out into a lake on a boat and my sacks, my tequila, my back. It's like, you're a fucking asshole, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You get it so early on, he's just a pretentious asshole. All over myself (laughs) and put pictures down of the cure and I light myself ablaze. (laughs) And it's a radical time on the lake, motherfucker. <laughs> it's just so early on that you get the pretentious JD. You know, he's just that fucking guy that you just hate. You would never have a conversation with him because it's all like, God is dead. And, like, you know, it's like, all right, man, calm the fuck down. Life isn't that bad. <laughs> you know, I got my motorcycle. We were that guy. What's up, ladies? We were that guy. We just didn't have I was never that bad. I was never JD bad. Sorry. <laughs> I thought there was a glimmer of something at the end of the road. I was never quite as, as pretentious as he was. But you get introduced to him. There's something mysterious about him that, that Veronica obviously likes. And then we cut back to the three Heathers and Veronica playing like croquet people, once again. I always felt like the people that had ooh, excuse me, his personality type. For some reason, and maybe it's because of the portrayal in films. That's something I really do need to think about now. Um, I always feel like, for some reason, like the portrayal of his character type is always done with like the like the punk hair metal slash heavy metal type of person, um, like in films, to like make them really seem the outcast. You know, so it is a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. different to to see this one where it's almost like he's toned down. I, I don't know if you call it toned down. I don't know what the fuck he's dressed like. You know, when I really think about it, it's almost like he's dressed. Well, he just wears a black trench coat and black shirt and pants. It's like watching. It's like looking at Neo, but before there was ever a <laughs> Matrix. You know what I mean? Like he stepped out of the fucking Matrix into Heather's world and like this is thing. Well, it's because he was trying to blend into the shadows. He wasn't trying to step out and be a character himself. He was sitting there trying to just be a master manipulator behind all the scenes of the high school. He was trying to be a puppet master while not being noticed by anyone else himself. Hey, go. Very nice monkey. Yeah, look at that. All right. And it works in a way uh, because we have uh, Heather Chin. Damn, man. (laughs) He's studied. He's ready for this movie. Get yourself a fucking extra tapioca, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But we have Chandler and we have Veronica getting ready to go to the Remington University kegger. And, like, this is the big time, Uh, so if you want to be really popular, you go to the Remington University party, you drink beers, you get hit on by frat boys. But before they go, they go to the Snappy Snap Shack to, you know, grab some food, BQ, corn chips, please, thank you. And Grab a turbo doll, we again. get a slushy. Yeah, we also get the, another introduction to JD, who offers the buyer a cherry slushy, and they have that conversation outside, where she expresses how she's kind of bored with being with the Heathers. Like, it's just, it's not something she wants to really do anymore, and he goes, well, why don't you just take a vacation? Like, you know, you've earned it, you know, so it's kind of him planting that seed that maybe you don't have to hang out with them anymore. Well, she has a very good line of, it's not really that they're her friends, it's just that it's her job to hang out with these people, and their job is to be popular. Yeah. And they're more like co- mm-hmm. they're more like coworkers than friends. And that's when you get that line of the whole thing of why don't you take a vacation from it? You know? <laughs> yeah. We have to have him on his sexy motorcycle and ride off. 
So that way, Heather and Veronica go to the, the frat party, which is a and, sequence and I like I, just because it's, it's pretty. Well, it's and I did not do my research. Veronica I don't know what motorcycle it was. Them. They're, you know, again, <laughs> the rich kids. They're the rich girls. Uh, they're the fucking four horsemen yeah. of the apocalypse. Um, yeah. Veronica <laughs> is one of the, the rich girls, just like those other yeah. three. She's just not one of the society people. You know, that's what it comes down to. Her personality type is completely anti-society. Everything about her just screams, you know, artist. You know, that's the thing. She would rather be able to observe and write or, you know, photograph. Like, that, that's her thing, to, to sit and watch and record. Yeah. Yeah, and the the, uh, the absentee parents. What the hell is going Dude, on? Somebody plays. Somebody oh, my God. Really radical yeah, like, somebody that's, that's not somebody? me. I'm just walking to a party. I I, I I apologize. My mic picked up my uh, uh, the diva watching 90 Day Fiance. I'm sorry. I thought you were in your studio. <laughs> yeah, your studio where there's no sound. Yeah, wow. Way to go, Monty. I, I, st- I stepped out to get a beer. Jeez. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but, yeah, right, going but, with the, yes, the, the rich saying. click, also having the absentee parents, like Veronica's parents, when she sits down with them, they're always having pate. They're listening to her but not listening to her. <laughs> You know, yeah, and it's like, why do I keep reading stupid. these spy novels? Because you're an idiot, Dad. Oh, you do. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, they're there, right. but they're not there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I thought that was a great dynamic. They're, they're there, yeah. but they're also the wealthy in which they don't need to be there. They don't have any worries. Right, exactly. The elitist of society. And as far as they're yeah. concerned, their kid's life is trivial and perfect. And how could yeah. their life mm-hmm. not be perfect? Because their life is so mm-hmm. perfect and serene. You know, because, you know, nobody mm-hmm. talks to their, to their children. Yeah. You know, they only talk um, at them. Yeah, but I would actually like to rewind here a bit and get back to the actual party, just because we have some yeah, deep shit that actually, yeah, because we actually have some deep shit going on here of uh, Heather um, pu- pushing Veronica Wall in the party, you know, sit there oh. and, t- talk, yeah, you know, talk to the, well, that's the thing, is, you know, to talk to the frat guys and whatnot, and to be cool, you have to sit there and hang out with the college guys, and then we have this moment with the alpha Heather where we see her moment of weakness of what she does to stay popular and her actually surrendering her pride and, you know, her willfulness and to just submit. And, And you know, in the mirror, when she sets the water at the mirror, like kind of realizing what she did to kind of maintain her popularity. It's kind of sad. Yeah. You know, you know, that that had to happen. And Veronica being the drunk one going, I, I got to go. I'm going to get sick. And then puking on the floor like, yeah, we got to yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, Ghoul, you, you were about to chip in? I, I, you know, the, it's, it's about maintaining the status quo. You know, like that's the thing. She needs to make, she's a junior. Uh, you know, at one point we hear Heather say that. So she's got two more years of high school here in which she needs to maintain this, this top superiority level of character. Um, right. So the idea that she can't be seen hanging out with high school kids, you know, is because she goes to college parties. Unfortunately, as you see in this scene, you know, these these are the things that go on in which you have somebody that's a child who is involved in things that they don't 
They're not necessarily mentally ready for it, even though they might be physically ready for it. You know, wow, God, I sound like such a parent. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. it's, it's and one of the, the – yeah. Wow. Go ahead, Monkey. And you take oh, the wee-wee and you put sorry. it in the vajiji. <laughs> sorry, King. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that scene happens, and then when she pukes and they have to leave the party, uh, Chandler is obviously upset about it. And then she says, you know, we fucking made you. Before we, you came into our clique, you were a bluebird. You were a fucking Girl Scout cookie. You were a brownie. You know, we made you who you are. And now that that happened, you're fucking done. Like, on Monday, your popularity is fucking zero and just wait. You know, and this is what's going to have to happen because of what you did at the party to make us leave. And that's when you have the alternate scene in the, her bedroom where Veronica's like, she's going to die. <laughs> Veronica Chandler, <laughs> fuck her. She's dead. And I got to figure out how to do it. Luckily, JD's nearby. He climbs right through her window so they can get their fuck out in the front yard. <laughs> you know, well, but because they and, have to and, play some strip cocaine. Well, he wants to play cocaine, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to play cocaine. <laughs> it's just fuck. You know. And Veronica, again, makes that great line. That's, again, it's one of a movie. Why can't we just grow up, be adults, and die? Like, why can't it be that simple? You know, why does it have to be so hard? You know, why does it have to be about classes and popularity statuses? Why can't we just do that? But, yeah, we got to get revenge on Chandler. So let's go to her house, which I love the fact that they decorated it all red. To keep in line with the, 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 the alpha male. The, the, yeah. the entire kitchen was all accented with red. Like, every home appliance was red. Like, like that was something <laughs> yeah. that, like, I'd never, I had never noticed before. Like, this is probably, like, you know, like, over my 20th yeah. watching, of watching the and movie, her and I'd too. never fucking noticed that. Yeah. Well, you would expect your bedroom to be, but you wouldn't expect the kitchen yeah. to be. Yep. No. Parents that's, aren't that's around. The, thing. the parents aren't around, but that just goes to show you the type of parents they were. You know, they shaped everything that she is. So, as such, Heather Chandler, you know, being the, the mega type of bitch, I'm sure her parents are similar in nature. Specifically, the mother's probably, uh, you know, I can picture her being a real bitter, bitter type bitch. You know, especially total, when she, once she total, lost her pretty youth, you know? Yeah, total wasp. <laughs> and Veronica, she just wants to get revenge. She wants to make her puke. So, she's going to mix some orange juice with some milk. It's gross. It'll make her puke. JD wants to get the Hulk cleaner. Big Blue, come on, let's no, go with it. She's like, I don't yeah, want to fucking kill her. I don't want to kill her. I just want to get something, you know. <laughs> He's like, ah, whatever. So they end up pouring it in the mug so that she won't see what she's drinking. JD covers the mugs and then makes out with uh, Veronica a little bit. So he gets the, the poison while she carries the other one away. And he's like, oh, uh, no, I think you grabbed the wrong one. No, let's just go with it. No, we're good. <laughs> we're know. good. Just, yeah. He's not going to tell and... her. <laughs> And keep rolling. <laughs> and it's amazing how fast when Chandler wakes up, uh, when he tries to give her the concoction, it's like a hangover cure, you're going to drink it. She's like, I'm not drinking that shit. And he's like, what are you, chicken? She's like, fine, give me the mug. It's <laughs> so quick. I'm going to drink it. And it, it happens in two seconds. She drinks it, bubbling up through her stomach, and she crashes through a glass table. And I'm like, oh, shit. Corn nuts. Fucking Corn dead, nuts. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We just fucking killed her. What are we going to do? We're going to go to fucking jail. I'm going to have to get my fucking GD and fucking, you know, the, the jail. You yeah. know, yeah. freaking but out. Here, and here we set the tone for the movie is how do we kill and get away with it? 
right. just as a lovely thing like about the match. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Veronica knows how to copy handwriting, so we'll write this letter. We'll even use the word myriad, which she got wrong in an English test, because it'll even drive the point further home. That's why she's killing herself, because she just can't live well, with herself. You know. That's JD's argument for it. You know, I mean, basically, they're the, uh, the they call them the Rosencrantz and Stern at this point. Um, the two old men <laughs> up in the fucking balcony. You know, they're, they're coming up with all these all this commentary on why somebody like her would kill themselves. Um, you know, that that's really all that is at that point. Um, so, yeah, I lost the thought. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. It was tied to something else, man. That was the problem there. Sorry. Go ahead. But I like how now that Chandler is dead and the school finds out about it, you have the faculty getting together. And you have the one teacher that wants to have like a kumbaya moment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wants to have a kumbaya the, moment. The, the fucking something hippie teacher. Exploded. <laughs> Um, and the principal's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I don't even know if we can get a half a day out of this. Which other was it? Heather Mac- uh, Heather Chandler. Ah, oh, man, if it was a cheerleader, we could have gotten a half a day out of this. That's kind of making light of I can say before. The dark humor, but also the story, if you think about it, a lot of relation in theme to Nightmare on Elm Street, in particular with the suicides. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Like those were some of the vibes that I was getting off of it. Like you know, like these people like viewed, you know, whichever whichever one of those films and kind of took some of those things from it. Um, yeah, so that's that. Like I said, I remember my my thoughts. Well, it's like Heather Duke now in the, in the locker room. She's eating the chicken wings and just saying fuck it and just throwing them over <laughs> at the locker room because she doesn't have to be bulimic anymore. The leader's dead, so I can do whatever the fuck I want, you know. And having the class read the letter of her suicide and trying to make sense of it. Like how fucking morbidly yeah. dark that is. <laughs> yeah. They actually like, like a man. Cause it's like, it, it gave me flashbacks, uh, you know, to like when, remember when you could buy a copy of fucking Kurt Cobain's suicide letter at hot topic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. As fucked up as that is how I was, you know, seeing all of this. But again, on the flip side, it's like completely opposite of any John Hughes movie where it's like, again, showing the dark humor of the teachers as well of, you know, just the whole thing of, yeah, suicide, you know, should we really address it? Uh, probably not. Let's just, you know, just kind of maybe ignore it and see if it goes away. <laughs> well, and plus it was like the one student who went out with Heather Chandler that once sounds, and he's that like, like, yeah, I went out with her once. That sounds like political views to me, you know, I don't know. If you don't test, <laughs> you know, you won't fucking have cases. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, the one student who said I went out with her once, she said I was boring, but I realized now I'm not boring. She was just dissatisfied with life. Like, okay, man. <laughs> you were just boring. And having yeah, the spread well, in the yearbook, <laughs> you yep. know, it's just making this whole thing bigger than it actually is. And they even say in the movie, she's more popular dead than she was alive. <laughs> you know? Yep. Now she's got these big spreads in the yearbook, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to literally, it, it creates a martyr, you know, type of, of system. And, and you have people Absolutely. like him who, you know, at that point, they, uh, they've they got what they, what is that smell? Sorry, I have to pause real quick. 
Okay. All right. So, so, um, yeah. So moving on, it's like you, know, you said. Okay. So we now start to have a power shift happening. Of no, the alpha has not died, and yet. no, I'm saying the alpha has died. So therefore, you know, Veronica thinks the whole thing will now end. And yeah. now we're finding out that yeah, you, that's not the case. If you cut off the head, you know, you kill the snake, you know, but as it turns out, Heather Duke mm-hmm. ends up taking the reins of that power. Um, but when you get to the funeral of, of Heather There's Chandler and you have Glenn. Always <laughs> Sorry about that. The, the ghoul girl and all of her fucking spiritual wisdom decided to start burning some kind of incense or something. Of course, I start smelling smoke and I'm like, where the fuck is that coming from? Mm. <laughs> uh, all right. And you have Glenn right. Shaddix Can't presiding look. over the funeral Winter. as Father Ripper. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You can blame your MTV video games, but you need to get with that righteous dude who always has the answer. And his name is Jesus Christ, and he's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So thank you. You Uncle get it, Ortho. Sorry, Uncle Ortho. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just having that, and I love when they all go up to the body to have their voiceovers. You have uh, Ram <laughs> saying, oh, man, why did you have to take such a good piece of snatch away from us? I mean, whatever. It just it is what it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll Heather McNamara in the holy water was great. This is, this is oh, yes, with her fucking using it to prefer her hair. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as funny as all this is, right, I mean, uh, we've all, unfortunately, at this point in our lives, have been to a funeral or two or three or, or however yeah. many. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and it's one of those where when you're not completely connected to the individual in question, it's like these funny little thoughts that you have, and, and, and I like how they're showing that. Like, these people in their lives, like, they're just showing life is still going on. They're still moving on. Even though Heather Chandler is dead and everybody's supposed to be sad, the, the fact is it's all still about just them. They're not even concerned about the fact that she's laying there in the first place. Well, it's even like Heather Duke well, when she of- says, you know, oh, man, how many times did I want this to happen? And you actually did it. Praise <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fucking and it's just the, it. like you, I mean, that is a great point that you bring up, Ghoul. But now you could just not really be attached to that person. So you know, you walk up to that body. You know, what are you going to say? You know, you didn't really know that person. Um, but outside of the hey, funeral, we get. Heather, I wonder what they did with his yeah. dick. You know, like stuff like that, like random weird yeah, I know. Um but Heather McNamara, who is not the main focal point of the Heather, she's just kind of, like you said, they're the cowardly yellow. Uh, they arranged a double date for Veronica and McNamara to go out with uh, Kurt and Ram. Um, and she's like, well, I'll go with you. I mean, you know, obviously you need me to, but I just hope we're not just going to go over and go cow tipping. Cut to the next scene where like they're in a field fucking tipping cows. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, um, I've never been cow tipping, but I will say in Virginia, it was a very popular thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, again, so, you know, dr- dr- drunk and in the South. <laughs> I can't say I've never been cow tipping, but I can say I've never been cow tipping successfully. Um, <laughs> who want to say <laughs> it had One, been the 94th season... This was after the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, right? 
Yes. Was this during one of like the playoffs? No, it was a- it was after they won the it was the night they won the cup. It was after they won the, the cup. night they won the cup. We went out to freehold, and that was the idea. We were going to go fucking cow tipping. And I remember being in down, one person down car forty down thirty three. We were down we, we were down route thirty three. There was a whole caravan of cars. Uh, it was probably like four or five cars. There was probably like fifteen of us, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that uh, the idea uh, belonged to someone with the initials DK, and uh, oh, I can't remember. Right? It's, it's okay. like, no, not Donkey not me. Drifting bitch. And uh, there were two of them. Two. They had the same name that started with D, and one was DK, and I can't remember the last name of the other one. But uh, we were walking down. We were walking down Route 33. I'm pretty sure down past where, like, the cabin used to be, where, where the cabin is. And uh, I remember we kept walking and walking and walking. And at some point, I was like, fuck this. And, like, I turned back. And I can't remember who came with me, but maybe one person came. Maybe uh, maybe initials RD uh, came with me, and we left. It was like, get the fuck out of here. This is ridiculous. Like, and, and left. And I don't, I don't even know what happened the rest of the way. Or I don't remember what happened the rest of the way, but I know that I left. Well, well, cow tipping did not occur. Um, what did occur is we did finally get to the area where the, the cows were in general. Right. Um, can, I, can, I, can I ask a question? Yes. Did somebody get, like, all tangled up in, like, a barbed wire and get cut and fall down and get covered in mud? That would be me. Thank you. As I uh, <laughs> proceeded to, uh, to fucking jump right over the fence after getting uh, advice from one of our friends who was a farm owner... Um, who stated that, you know, right. they checked and that there was no barbed wire. And so I was just like, you know, in all my athletic glory at that time of my life, I just put my hands on the fence as we were able to do and just vaulted myself completely right over it <coughs> and fucking wham right down on top of the barbed wire, okay, which cut a fucking rectangle out of my and I remember this so well because my fucking orange shorts that went with my, my this is how tacky I was back at this time. It went with my fucking Knicks jersey, okay? My blue and orange Knicks jersey. I had the orange shorts to go with it to make the fucking outfit for when I went to go play basketball back then, you know? It's very, very stylish. Well, this particular date doesn't very end well very much for Heather McNamara, who gets assaulted by Kurt, well for me as we can see in the background, when J.D. Uh, arranges a visit to, on his motorcycle to save her, you know, uh, Veronica, from this date. You know, our love is God. Let's go get a slug. You don't want to be but, here, so let's go. But this whole moment, again, just like the other, uh, the, the Alpha Heather moment, okay, is showing this Heather, again, constantly having to sacrifice for the popularity because while Veronica's going, fuck this shit, I'm getting the fuck out of here, he's fucking passed out, you know, and we're seeing pretty much a fucking rape going on. Yeah. And she's letting yeah, it happen. Yeah, she's getting assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. And JD came in to save her and to take her away. The next day, you find out that Kurt made up a story that Veronica sucked them both off. And she's like, well, that didn't fucking happen. Like, that's disgusting. So now these guys got to go. So let's get some revenge on these fucking two jocks. You know, and we'll figure it out. So JD, in his snake mind, is thinking we're gonna fucking kill him. And she's like, Nah, we'll just you know, do something. And he gets the bullets for a gun that he calls Ich Lugers, which in German means I lie. And he says, Oh, they're tranquilizers. I mean, they're barely gonna pierce the skin. They're gonna pass out. We'll spread some gay shit everywhere. 
you could write the suicide note. And she's like, well, I don't need to write a suicide note. We're not going to kill him. He's like, don't mind that. Anyway, I got some gay items here. I got, let's see, I got a Betty Crawford postcard, some mascara. I got the Stud Puppy <clears throat> magazine. And I got uh, mineral water. Mineral water is okay. Mineral water. Drink it. That's, 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 that's the clincher right there. The mineral water is absolutely what does it. And the next day, Ohio, when they... If you're not drinking a Budweiser, yeah. you might as well be gay. Yeah. <laughs> and the next day, they arrange it so that Kurt and Ram meet them in the woods before school. Veronica has them stripped. <clears throat> and just as she counts down to three, she pulls out her gun and shoots at them. JD knocks down Ram and chases after Kurt because she was just joking. She's like, I wasn't even aiming for him. He's like, don't worry about it. I'll bring him around. <laughs> just be ready. She, and we have this what? chase sequence, you know, yeah, where she doesn't understand what's going on until she looks at Ram's body, and he's fucking dead. So when Kurt comes rushing around, he's like, fucking shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, and she shoots him dead, too. And now they have to arrange the bodies and make it look like it was a double yeah. suicide because the cops who are smoking pot in the woods are going to come across these bodies and try to figure out what just happened. Yeah. Luckily, there's a bunch of mineral water and shit laid around. So, oh my god! And they knew. This and just... they knew. I love it. The <laughs> cops were like, the cops were like, look, mineral water. Case solved. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a fucking crime against humanity. They were bonking each other. Oh god, who would have thought two members of the football team would be gay? <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought the quarterback would be doing it to the linebacker? <laughs> and luckily school's canceled because of their double suicide. And I just love the funeral sequence for those two guys because they're in football helmets and holding footballs next to each other in coffins with the father lamenting about his dead gay son. He might have been homosexual, but I want my dead gay son. <laughs> Yeah, but the, yeah. the helmets are black and red. The footballs are black and red. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, they're, they're making jokes in, in the <clears throat> during the funeral. And then apparently one of the players' sisters turns around and she's just fucking bawling. And that's when yeah. one writer's like, we got, we got to stop this shit. Yeah, this is the moment where she realizes I can't be around JD anymore. He's fucking dangerous. He loves all this chaos, but it's got to stop. You know, now we have three fucking bodies. I'm done. Like, I do not want to be around him anymore. And JD is constantly trying to get her back, you know, back into the fold. Like, what we're doing is good. You know, by killing yeah. these people, we're making people afraid, making people want to live. Like, don't you see that? No, I don't. This is wrong. Like, you know, not any point that she go to the police because she'll get arrested too. So she'll keep it to herself. But at the same time, trying to stay as far away from JD as possible. Um, right. But now we have so, Heather Duke rising up in the ranks. Now we yeah, have her because, moment. Yeah, because JD, again, you know, Puffmaster in the background, has sitting there come up with a plan of to blackmail Heather with some old photos of her and Martha Jump Truck and going, don't worry, I'm going to give you these after you do a favor for me. All you got to do is right. to run this petition around, get the, all the petition of every signature in the school for me, and then I will give you the pictures and the negatives. And you can go ahead and be the big Heather. You can be the, the boss of the camp, and we're good. Yeah. You can wear the scrunchie, yeah. you know. You can wear the and red scrunchie and have your power, yeah. you know. And, and she and, hands him her book of Moby Dick and saying, I don't need it anymore. Um, but you have Martha Dump Truck, who now is sitting alone by herself and decides she's going to kill herself. So she pins a letter to her chest and walks out in the traffic. Luckily, she doesn't die. She's just pretty badly injured. 
But it's when Heather Duke comes to Veronica's house and she's like, oh, did you hear? Martha Dumptruck tried to kill herself, but, you know, stupidly enough, she couldn't even do that right. And it's all because she wanted yeah. to be popular. If she was popular, she would have done it right. <laughs> yeah, well, once again, you know, the, the nerd kids trying to be like cool kids, and they can't do it right. <laughs> and Veronica slaps the fuck out of heaven. Just oh, rocks just the out of her mouth. fucking jaw. But it's cool because we got hot probs on, so we're gonna listen to hot probs and listen to team problems. And Heather McNamara calls in as Tweety, the yellow coward. No, as Madonna. No, then as Tweety. (laughs) But still, you know, talking about how she can't handle the pressure and stuff like that, and you know, thinking about you know whether or not she should kill herself like everyone else. And the next morning, you know, evil-ass Alpha Heather takes that moment to write poor little Heather all on the chalkboard. So that, mm-hmm. And she told everyone about her, her calling in the hot probs, where, you know, it's supposed to be a confidential thing. And then Heather runs off to try and actually commit suicide with a bunch of pills in the bathroom. But Veronica being yeah, Veronica and- is still trying yeah. to be a good friend. Veronica saves her. She's like, if we're going to be happy every day, we'd be game show hosts. Like, we're not meant to be happy every day. And, you know, you know, and, and saving her life, yeah. You know, but you have the continued rise of power of, of Heather Duke. Uh, now Veronica is starting to hang out with Betty, you know, her old nerd friend. So she's distancing herself in every way from both the Heathers and from J.D., even though J.D. still has sights on her. You know, still doesn't think she's completely given up still thinks that he can, you know, try to get her back in. But, you know, she's done. You know, she writes in her – she fakes her death in the diary, which I thought was a great scene. Where she's like, I'm over this. This is my last diary entry. I can't take this anymore. And then she hangs herself. When Ginny walks in, he's like, I loved you. I was going to kill you, but I really loved you, though. But anyway, let me tell you everything I plan on doing now that you're dead. So here's my master evil yeah. plan. I'm going to blow up the fucking yeah. school. Like James Bond villaining this point, giving away his entire master plan. That's a total monologuing. (laughs) Yeah, he's monologuing. Um, But yeah, it's just you know he you know he was like you know like you said you know I was gonna give you one more chance, but then you went and did it. You know here's your suicide note. Wow, you actually did it. You know, but you know in the meantime, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm planning a mass suicide for the school. I'm going to yep. plant a big-ass yep. fucking bomb under the boiler like my dad did when he killed my mom, but we're running out of time, so we can't get into that. Um, but apparently that's what happened, and now he's going to sit there and do it because he's going to sit there and show it as a thing of school is society, and now society is the school, you know, and look how it is, and everyone is going to be signing this mass suicide note, and everyone is going to commit suicide in the school. Well, that's the thing. This is what he's been building towards the entire time. Everything has been strategic placement, you know, with the right. only wild card being Veronica in that, you know, his, I, I think he was a bit taken aback by how strong their connection was, but he was also searching for a female connection due to the fact that he doesn't have his mother anymore. Um, his father didn't kill his yeah. mother. His mm-hmm. mother killed herself. Um, yeah. You know, she she walked into that building knowing she went what the was about to happen. Um, yeah. You know, it was obviously sent this this, this child down the down a, a bad path. 
Um, he needed therapy. Mm-hmm. That's what he needed. You know, not to be alone with that creepy ass dad of his. Um, <laughs> yeah. Put a Norwegian in the basement of a building he blew up. <laughs> very conniving, very tricksy he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the school, you have JD planting the explosive underneath the bleachers and then making his way down into the boiler room where he could plant a big explosive while Veronica runs around the school trying to find him. And then when she realizes he's going to the boiler room, that's when they have their confrontation. He has a gun. I mean, she has a gun, rather, while JD has the explosives. And he doesn't think she's going to use that fucking gun, but she does and blows up his middle finger. That was great. She's Okay, here's <laughs> one thing about Veronica, okay? She's a crack fucking shot, okay? The one shot <laughs> yeah, she yeah. takes, okay, nails him dead center in the chest. I mean, you couldn't ask yep. for a better yep. kill shot than that fucking shot. Um, <laughs> you know, and then this. A, li- where, a little bit know, more to the left. <laughs> nails that finger, man. Oh, she nailed the right off. Yeah, you fucking bitch. Well, the but was she, had in the t- she had a Nintendo. She played a lot of Duck Hunt. Okay? <laughs> but yeah. moving on, King, what were you saying? Yeah. Well, the fact and that, and I bet she, she, she didn't have somebody that knew if they used the other controller, they could have controlled the duck. Ducks, yeah. <laughs> that mystery. But, yeah, it's, she blew off his finger, then she shoots him a bunch of times, and I'm like, well, he's fucking dead. There's no way he's coming back. He's just going to fucking die in the boiler room. Not quite, because after nope. he gets his finger blown off, he disconnects the bomb accidentally with a switchblade. So that disconnects that yep. bomb, so all the kids are safe. So Veronica's like, it's over. Just going to walk outside and just fucking take a breath. And then he fuck comes walking around the corner, still fucking alive, with a bomb strapped to his chest. Like, hey, oh, man. <laughs> this fucking Michael Myers <laughs> right over here can't die. <laughs> Let it burn. Right, but <laughs> right, but then he comes out and he sits there and he sits there and takes a moment to go, you know, and acknowledges her strength and was like, you know, wow, you know, you had way more strength than I gave you credit for, you know. And he's yeah. like, oh, and and then he takes that moment and he's giving up. And he you're takes, not just a normal gerbil, let me wait. You're the gerbil king. Let me wait. So he, you know takes a few steps from her and goes to there and goes to a godlike pose of sacrificing himself, you know, in front of the school, but then it starts to act up and then he has to slam it. Goes back into godlike pose, you know, to sit there and commit suicide in front of her. Well, because he asked her, like, you know, in this moment, what would you do? And she reaches for a cigarette and puts it in her mouth and folds her arms. She needed a light. That's why. So his ultimate <laughs> yeah, sacrifice was to light her fucking smoke. It's the least he could do, considering that he lit his fucking off of her burnt arm, man. <laughs> oh, I love that, yeah. When she burns her hand, he lights a cigarette off of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, and, he, and he does that. He sets off the explosives. School goes nuts. And, yeah, she's just fucking chill and smoking the cigarette. Okay? And, and And that's the end of the movie. Okay? That's not the end of the movie. But... I was like, there's, a, there's more. You oh, know, it's oh, not just okay, that. Sorry. Okay. Okay, sorry. Because she ahead. goes back into the school while there's everybody panicking, and she runs into Heather Duke, who says, oh, man, you look like hell. Yeah, just got back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and by the way, Heather, there's going to be a new sheriff in town, just rips that fucking red scrunchie out of her hair and walks over to Martha, who's in her wheelchair. Hey, so my date kind of flaked on me for the prom. 
was wondering maybe we could just get some new releases, pop some popcorn, you know, make a night of it. Oh, oh man, I'd like that. And they go walking off together into the sunset as credits roll on Heather's and, perfect kind of ending. And Martha's do a donut. <laughs> she does a donut around anyway. Veronica. Yeah. Mm. She's not gay. Now I, also, now, I also found out, though, that the original ending was supposed to be that um, Veronica was supposed to have the dynamite on her. And yeah. mm-hmm. the, school, the school was supposed to blow up. Everyone was supposed to die. Um, and there was supposed to be this big-ass prom in heaven. And, and all the punch bowls at the prom were supposed to have blue drinks. And everyone's supposed to be, yeah. be drinking blue drink like Heather did when she committed suicide. Hole cleaner, yeah. I wish it went with that yeah, ending. I mean, I know why the studio said no, because it's too dark, but I would have loved that ending. I was with it until you said the whole fucking prom in heaven, man. I mean, you know what? You could have just had them eliminate the whole school and given us that Empire Strikes Back, like fucking depraved type of dark ending where, you know, there's just no hope. You know, Absolutely, but that... But that was the point of the end was then you go to prom and everyone's actually getting along. All the cliques were getting along at the prom and stuff like that. And it would show that in heaven, everyone is together. Yeah, and that was J.D.'s whole point. But then referring that there's heaven, you have to acknowledge that there's religion. Okay, and not everybody believes in religion. And you don't want to offend people. I'm just telling you what that's the original true. ending was, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, that's probably why they, they X'd it. You know, I mean, I would have loved to have seen it, but that's probably why they X'd it. Like I had said, JD, I think that was his ultimate plan, so everybody could just be together as one and not have yeah. so many clicks. Um, but you know, mm. the, the ending that we got is still good. You know, they I kind of thought that maybe Betty Finn would show back up, but. What was that? I'm sorry? And Dead Silence. Okay, moving on. Yes, yeah, but I agree I, with you. King. I, I, I love the ending. Yeah, I love yeah. the ending. I thought, it was, like, I th- I think it's just great. I think it adds to the dark <laughs> humor of this movie, and I fucking love the ending of this movie. All right, so yeah, that was Heather's from 1988. Uh, definitely a recommend if you want to see a, a teen dark comedy, you know, done right in the 80s. Uh, like we had said before, a good contrast to the John Hughes films of that era yes. as well. Um, but okay, Monkey, next week, I believe it is your pick. What do you have for us? Okay, next week, uh, we're going to keep it campy. We're going to keep it cheesy. All right, we're going to keep it kind of fresh and newish. Uh, so we're going to go with that really awesome film, The Cabin in the Woods. Okay, good choice. I saw that in theaters, and I have the novelization in my apartment. So definitely a fan of Cabin in the Woods. Very meta. <laughs> well, I know that you haven't seen it yet, uh, Monkey, so I'm not going to spoil anything. I, but, uh, I am not. It's just, again, it's just for the fun that we have with this movie, I figure just keep the cheese and the you know cheesiness going on, and let's just roll with yeah, this film and yeah. see how it goes. Thor's in it, so you got that. Chris Hemsworth in a non-Thor awesome. role, so get, get, get ready for that. <laughs> All right. So next week, we enter the cabin in the woods. All right, so Monkey, Yay. thank you so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening to Talking Terror tonight, and let me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. All right. And, Dean, thank you again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you back here next week for Cabin in the Woods. My my all-time pleasure, Cabin in the Woods. I can't wait. All right. Corn nuts. <laughs> All right. So, Ghoul, you have the floor. If you want to hit us with a plug as we close out the show. 
Well, as we like to say every show, uh, you know, head on over to Etsy, uh, all one word in the search engine, Bonfire Bead Designs. Uh, what? All kinds of hand Bonfire Bead <laughs> Designs. Did you hear my fucking Mexican? Um, you know, all what kind, kind of, of engine? Handcrafted... A search engine. You know, chugga chugga choo choo. <laughs> so all kinds of handcrafted jewelry, gemstones, earrings, necklaces, pendants. Just get on there. She's been making a lot of stuff with snakeskin lately, and uh, and the people are liking it. So head on over. All one word at Etsy Bonfire Bee Designs. Excellent. All right. So when you hit us with that famous catchphrase. Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Until next we meet, as always, keep America strong, watch horror movies, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, and until next time when we enter the cabin in the woods. See you guys next week.